Hello and welcome to this episode of the One Time Pod. This episode is written and produced by Spencer Jones for Dr. Bruff's first year writing seminar on cryptography. I hope you enjoy this episode and take the time to check out the other podcasts published in this year's season. This episode is about the Lorenz machine, a secret World War II code-making device primarily used by the highest-ranking members of the Nazi party. If we can break this code, we'll be able to read secret messages from Adolf Hitler himself. And that's exactly what we did. Now, this machine isn't as famous as Enigma, which I think is a shame, so... I'm going to tell you about it. I'm going to tell you all about this machine. I want to talk about the code breakers who broke this code. People like John Tiltman, Bill Tut, and Tommy Flowers. And I want to show you how they broke this code. And they did all this without ever seeing the machine itself. Much is known about the wide use of the Enigma machine employed by Nazi forces during World War II. However, not much is known about a similar piece of cryptographic equipment used by Hitler and his highly regarded officials named the Lorenz. The Lorenz was a much more sophisticated machine than the Enigma, with exponentially more settings for enciphering, leading to a much more secure code. Let's begin by going back in time to understand the background and the conception of the Lorenz cipher. By 1943, the Enigma handled all the necessary work for the Nazis on the battlefield. However, for Hitler and his officials, the widely used Enigma wasn't going to cut it. They demanded a new form of encryption, a stronger, more reliable machine that could be accessible to the officials of high command, yet difficult to decipher by the Allies. The request for this new cryptographic device was carried out by the Lorenz Company. They developed the Lorenz SZ40 and SZ42, heavy yet compact devices that modified teleprinter readings in order to encipher messages. These modified readings would then be broadcast via radio to the intended recipient, which allowed for quick and effective communication. Germany, in an effort to limit the Allies from obtaining their communications, made sure the Lorenz was only produced in very limited quantities in order to ensure the machine's security through exclusivity. Experts estimate that only 200 Lorenz machines were produced during World War II, making the decipherment of Lorenz difficult because of the scarcity of available ciphertext. With low amounts of ciphertext available to the Allies, it created fewer opportunities for Allied forces to cross-examine texts and ultimately crack the code. Each Lorenz machine employed 12 individual rudder wheels which coded messages through a precise system of scramblers and stutters. The Lorenz machine would encipher teleprinter messages, which used a 32-symbol code called Baudo rather than the 26-letter alphabet used by the Enigma. Baudo code outputted five symbols to represent each letter through a sequence of dots and crosses. Put simply, the Lorenz machine would encode these symbols into a desired ciphertext. The Lorenz would encipher a message and create a key using the 12 rudder wheels which would obscure the original message. The rotors within the machine had specific purposes, however. The first five wheels, known as the Kai key, enciphered the dots and crosses of the message once. Then the last five wheels would encipher the message through the Psi key for double encodement. However, the mechanization of the Kai and Psi wheels were different. The Kai wheels moved after every letter that was enciphered, while the Psi wheels moved in an irregular pattern based on the placement of the two middle wheels, known as the Mu wheels. Each wheel also had a set of pins that could be set to on or off. Pins that were on would generate a pulse sent to the next wheel, while pins that were off would not. Each rotor wheel also has a different number of starting positions, starting with 23 positions on the right, all the way up to 61 positions on the left, meaning that there's 1.6 quadrillion ways just to configure the wheels alone. In total, there are over 1.7 Google ways in which little reds could be configured. 
Despite the countless number of ways in which the message could be encoded, the decipherment of the message was very simple on behalf of the recipient. In order for the intended recipient to correctly receive the message, the Lorenz machines held by the sender and receiver would have to be set to identical settings. The recipient's Lorenz machine reapplied the key used to encipher the message in order to reveal the plaintext. This made the communication between Hitler and his officials extremely secure as the operators of these machines handled the codes carefully and were extremely focused on the meticulous work that was necessary to properly send and receive messages. The Lorenz machine proved to be a formidable opponent for the Allies. The hopes of understanding and cracking its code was seemingly impossible because they were unsure of how the Lorenz machine operated, coupled with the lack of intercepted ciphertext that was available. However, with a little bit of luck, the Lorenz was broken wide open, which led to the creation of a machine called the Colossus. After years of being unable to decipher messages encrypted by the Lorenz, the Allies caught a break one day when receiving a message sent from Greece to Germany. A operator was sending a message from Athens to Vienna, and it was quite a long message. It was about 4,000 letters long. But unfortunately, the guy at the other end didn't receive the message. So he, he sent a message back saying, what, pardon, could you send it again? Now, the first guy was so annoyed that he had to send the message again. He reset his machine, started to type out the message, but this time he just started to abbreviate a few words, just to make it a little bit shorter. What that meant was that at Bletchley Park, they had two copies of the same message, but with a few differences. And the fatal mistake was they were both sent using the same key. The sloppy work of one telecommunicator provided enough evidence on how the code worked to allow the code breakers at Bletchley Park to decipher the messages encrypted by Lorenz. With these two messages enciphered using the same key, the workers at Bletchley Park were able to deduce the key used by the Nazis for this particular communication. The key was figured out by one of the workers, John Tildman. He was able to find the plain text for both messages by adding the two codes together, therefore nullifying the key that was used to encipher both messages. Tillman then handed his key over to a mathematician named Bill Tutt. Tutt began to notice a pattern within the key when he wrote it out in rows of 41, showing that one of the wheels of the Lorenz machine had 41 settings. Using this pattern, Tutt found allowed the other workers at Bletchley Park to notice similar patterns, and little by little, they were able to figure out how the Lorenz machine worked without ever seeing one. Slow and steady progress, on behalf of Tutt, the codebreakers at Bletchley Park led them to create the first machine devoted to solving the Lorenz called the Tunny. However, the Tunny was inefficient with its processes, as it needed to know the initial wheel positions for the message being sent, and it took up to six weeks to decipher a single message. The slow calculations of the Tunny needed to be resolved which meant Bletchley Park needed a new device capable of deciphering the Lorenz with increased speed. So after it was deemed that the Tunney was too inefficient to be a solution, Tommy Flowers, a post office engineer, came up with new plans to create a machine he called Colossus. The Colossus was capable of solving Lorenz ciphers faster than the Tunney, but an advanced reworking of the machine led to the creation of Colossus II, a machine that operated five times faster than that of the original Colossus. Capable of reading 5,000 characters per second, as well as computing 100 calculations at a time, Colossus II was dubbed the world's first computer. By the end of the war, 10 Colossus II machines were being employed to decipher messages intercepted by Bletchley Park. After the surrender of Axis forces, almost all of the Colossus IIs were destroyed and kept secret until the 1970s. So without the implementation of the Colossus II units, 
the war could have turned out very different for the Allies. Files regarding the Lorenz cipher were kept classified until 2002, meaning that many of the codebreakers and mathematicians working at Bletchley Park were unable to disclose their wartime's activities while they were still alive. The story of the Lorenz cipher gives us modern-day students of cryptography an enduring understanding of the traits necessary for effective cryptanalysis, those being creativity, logic, and in this case, the most important of all, luck. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the One Time Pod, and it inspired you to take a look at the other podcasts produced this year. Cryptography is a subject that combines critical elements of math, science, and language. A calculated yet flexible and persistent mind is necessary to handle the rigors of cryptanalysis, as many codes take weeks or months of work to fully understand. The pressure felt by wartime cryptanalysts was immense as the knowledge of enemy movement is crucial to gain an advantage. The heroes of Bletchley Park may not have received the recognition they deserved during their lifetimes, but their profound discoveries contributed to the expanding field of cryptography. Their work during World War II will allow their names and stories to be shared forever.